This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com. One of our goals for 2023 is to share with you the stories of what God has done. And so uh, before we preach every week, we're going to stop. And as you uh, email us your stories of God's healing, God's provision, we're going to share those and celebrate those. So if, if you have those, I want to ask you to please send them to us at praise at christianchapel.com. You can just email those in. Our idea for this comes from Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2, which says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Repeat them in our day, in our time, make them known. And so what we want to do is make sure we are giving God the glory he deserves for the prayers that he's answered, and also spend some time asking him to do those things again. This morning, I'm going to share with you a story from Justin and McCray Dowd. They're a new family to Christian Chapel. McCray wrote, in November 2022, I was getting ready to go to our first appointment for my pregnancy with our twins. It was with the high-risk specialist. As I was praying for our twins in the appointment, I heard the Holy Spirit say, do not believe the report of the doctor. Trust in my promises and my faithfulness. I felt it so strongly that I told my husband, Justin, on the way to the appointment, I don't know what the doctor is going to tell us today, but the Holy Spirit said we are not to believe the report. No matter what they say, we are going to trust God. At the appointment, they did an ultrasound, and we met with the doctor. He told us that the ultrasound showed that both babies had a heart defect with holes in their hearts. He also said that baby A had multiple cysts on his brain. The location of the cysts on his brain were an early indication of trisomy 18, which would mean that he, and potentially both babies since they are identical, would not be able to live outside the womb. He said we needed to do genetic testing to confirm the diagnosis. We left the appointment feeling shocked and numb, but at the same time hopeful because of what God had spoken to me that morning. I immediately wrote out scriptures of promises to pray over our twin boys, Micah and Mac. The next few weeks were a roller coaster of emotions. We had another ultrasound done and did not receive any good news. Because of that, I was feeling discouraged, worried, and anxious. I knew I needed prayer to help boost my faith. As I was getting ready for church on Sunday, December 4th, 2022, I told the Lord if the message was exactly what I needed to hear, I would go to the prayer room and ask for prayer. Pastor Chris preached that day on the Holy Spirit, the virgin birth, and impossible promises. He said, if you are having a hard time believing in the promises the Holy Spirit has given you, then we have pastors ready to pray with you. So I went to the prayer room. I told them what the Holy Spirit said to me. I told them about the report of the doctor, and I asked for prayer to continue to have peace and for my babies to be okay. In the prayer room, Pam Bowie, Pastor Mike's wife, and two other amazing gentlemen prayed over me, and they prayed for healing for our babies. I felt so much peace and so encouraged when I left that day and throughout the week. Pam also shared with me that she is a twin, and she wasn't supposed to be in the prayer room that day. She shared that she believed God orchestrated it for her to be there to pray for me and for my babies. The next week, we had another ultrasound. The ultrasound confirmed that both Micah and Mac have no holes in their hearts. Their hearts are completely sealed and healthy. And Micah has no cysts on his brain at all. They're completely gone. 
and the trisomy 18 test was negative. She said, we still have 12 more weeks until our due date, but we're giving God all the glory and praise for the health of these babies and continuing to trust in his promises. And so, uh, again, as we share, we're giving glory to God, and we're also saying, Lord, will you do this again? And so I want to lead us in a prayer. I, I know from conversations I've had within the last two days that there are some of you who have received reports from the doctor this week that are not good. I know there are some of you who are waiting the results of tests to confirm what the doctor has already diagnosed. And so I just want us to, to stop in this moment. If that's you, we're going to pray specifically for you that what the Lord did for McCray and for those twin little boys, he's going to do it again in your life. And so will you, will you, if that's you, we just raise your hand. If someone's around you, they're going to reach out, put their hand on you. We're going to pray for you, Jesus. We first come to say thank you for this incredible miracle that you have provided for the Dowd family. Lord, we thank you that you spoke to Justin and McCray. We thank you that the words you speak, you keep, that the promises you make, you fulfill. And so now, Jesus, we come and we ask that what you did for them, will you do it again? Lord, you see those who have heard the doctor's report. They have received the diagnosis. They are waiting the results of the test. And we ask, Lord, that you would do again what you've done for these little boys. God, that you would heal and deliver. That you would reject the negative diagnosis that we have received, that you would turn away, Lord, the, the future that has been painted for us, that you would drive out disease, that you would drive out uh, every form of sickness and illness. God, we pray that you would remove tumors, that you would reverse diagnosis, that you would provide permanent proof of your supernatural healing power. And Jesus, as you do that, we will give you glory for it. We will give you all of the praise. We will point our attention and the attention of the world around us to you. Lord, we thank you for Micah and Mac. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to preserve and protect them as McCray carries them to term. Lord, may their lives be consistent testimonies of your healing power for all of their days. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. And again, I just want to encourage you, praise at christianchapel.com. What God has done for you, somebody else is praying right now that he will do it for them. And your story becomes part of his provision, part of his encouragement. And as God heals you, it, it kind of just continues the cycle on and on and on again. Uh, this morning, we are privileged to have a guest speaker with us. Dr. Daryl Wooten is the superintendent of the Oklahoma Assemblies of God. In that role, he oversees 460 Assemblies of God churches in Oklahoma. He provides leadership for over 1,500 ministers. Uh, pastor Darrell served prior to that role as the lead pastor of Spirit Church in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Prior to that, he served as a youth pastor at Carbondale Assembly of God here in West Tulsa. Darrell and his wife Faith are the leaders of of our Assemblies of God organization, which includes Christian Chapel, all of our ministers. They're also friends of Angie and I's. Uh, I know there, there is rarely a significant decision I make that I don't call or text Daryl first to ask him what he thinks about. And so it's my privilege today to welcome Dr. Daryl Wooten to come and share with us. Fear, 
isolation, loneliness, confusion. How many have ever felt those things? Uh, 31 years ago, right now, there was a young lady who was overwhelmed with those emotions because of the circumstances that had happened to her. Not too many steps in life, we discover that life is not always fair, and life had not been fair to this young lady who, through a set of unfair circumstances, found herself expectant with a baby, and circumstances would not allow her to properly care for a baby at that moment. Anytime you're at a crossroads in life, there's voices that come, and some of those voices were not good, but I'm so thankful for voices that came, and these voices adopted this young lady through a series of of difficult emotional hurdles. And on the other side of this equation, there was a couple that had been praying to adopt a baby, and through the amazing mercy of God, these two stories intersect so that on April 26, 1992, a, a mom that was surprised to find herself expectant gave birth to a baby, and in the, in the waiting room of the hospital, uh, just a few feet down the hallway, were a, an ancient adoptive couple that were praying for the health of that baby, and this baby was born, and and the biological mom and the adoptive parents came together, and they walked for a journey together, and then the adoptive parents, Wayne and Patty, brought this baby into their home. They were followers of Jesus, and they brought this baby into the nursery of their church and then to discipleship and kids' programs in the church, and this little baby grew, and it grew, and that's what babies do. They grew, but this one grew and grew and grew through teenage years, really tall, athletic, had a love for baseball, and, and Wayne developed uh, some skills that would maybe help, weren't natural to him, and, and through a great series of events, this uh, young man found himself in the MLB playing baseball for the New York Yankees. His name is Aaron Judge, and he just hit 62 home runs this last season, and he's a follower of Jesus. And when there's a void and a vacuum of high character, integrity, role models for our young people, I'm thankful for a guy that can hit a baseball out of the park that always honors Jesus and gives praise for a mom that was willing to make a brave decision and a mom and dad that was willing to adopt him. How many know God is into adoption? And that's what I came to speak on you, to you today. Uh, you may not be a baseball fan, but I know all of you are uh, a fan of Jesus Christ and what he does in the lives of our hearts. Uh, it is a true honor to be here at Christian Chapel. Our, our history with Christian Chapel goes back a long, long ways. As a youth pastor, listen, I, I did I had countless events in this building, and, and the youth group would come over to our place. In fact, when we got hit by a tornado and we needed to build a youth center, I came and stole some ideas from your facility. Uh, and actually, Pastor Davis came with uh, Brock, your youth pastor at the time, and blessed us. It's a long story. They kind of adopted us through uh, this tr- tornado tragedy. And uh, God has a rich history uh, in Christian chapel. But how many know the future is brighter than the history? Yeah, listen, I know your history, Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Exley and the Davises, and, and now God in this moment has raised up amazing pastors, amazing shepherds. How many are thankful for Pastor Chris and Angie Dow? Uh, the Dows and I, we're part of this AG 
uh, network, and p- sometimes people aren't familiar with it, and I just try to introduce people. The Assemblies of God is just a network of churches, a family of ministers that comes together to accelerate the Great Commission to show the love of Jesus to the least, last, and lost of our world. And Christian Chapel, you do it so well. And you have amazing shepherds that are held as a high standard of what a pastor is supposed to be like in our community. Uh, they are personal friends, too, because we've watched a lot of basketball together, and I've learned that that I can tell the sanctification level of a pastor at a basketball court more than I can at a church. And I want you to tell after, I don't know how many basketball games, uh, Angie is sanctified. <laughs> but pray for me and Chris. How many pray for me? I always try to take stats or videos so I don't say things to the ref I shouldn't uh, say. But you are so blessed, and in this day and age when a pastor is a rare thing, in fact, uh, a great pastor, a faithful pastor is a very rare thing. Since COVID, thousands of pastors have left ministry due to the depression and isolation and, and loneliness that have hit them. Peter Drucker, many years ago, did a study of the most stressful 100 jobs in America. Number one was the President of the United States. It looks pretty stressful. Uh, Two and three were hospital administrator, college president. But number four out of all the careers, and a lot of you have stressful jobs, not discounting that. Uh, I was a pastor for for many, many years. Now I pastor pastors. Will you pray for me, right? But uh, listening to the stress that comes to uh, people on the job and off the job. But why would, why would a local pastor be labeled by a businessman and his team as one of the most stressful jobs in America? Because your pastor carries this, this indescribable eternal weight and burden for this community. That this is about eternity. And he cares, and, and Angie cares, the first lady of this church cares so much for you that I can guarantee there's sleepless nights and there's intercession and prayers and the burdens that you carry, they carry those collectively. And I just think in this season of 2023, it would be right if you as this incredible Christian church Chapel flock would commit yourselves to pray daily for your pastor and first lady. How many of you don't even have to think about it? You think, yeah, that's God's will. I'm going to pray for my pastor daily. Would you just raise your hand and would you just leave it up? And Pastor Chris and Angie, would you look around? This is your prayer covering, your team. You get discouraged. You can remind yourself, I've got a multitude praying for us. How many believe that? You're going to just change eternity by uplifting your pastor's hands uh, in prayer. Put it on your fridge, write it in a note in your Bible, but somewhere where you'll see it daily, pray for them and their children because this is a family unit who's been called here for such a time as this. I'm going to ask you to do something else too. I'm going to believe that every time that Pastor Chris gets up on the stage to bring the Word of God, which is a holy, solemn task, sacred task, I believe that you're going to just overwhelm them with encouragement and get up on your feet and give him a standing ovation every sermon in 2023. And because I don't know if you're good at it or not, I want us to practice right now. Would you show your appreciation to your pastors right now, the Dallas? Would you give them a standing ovation? That was really good. That's amazing. I think you can get louder next time, but uh, keep it loud and keep it short because you're cutting into his preaching time. But just show 
show support. Now, now one last favor. I believe that you can perform a miracle here with God's help because in, in my new role, I get the honor literally of coming to a different church every week and trying to encourage, and I get to walk with pastors who uh, are just amazing leaders, and I'm so thankful for that. But a lot of my job is helping with problems that come to churches, and, and they say, hey, we need your help. Get up here. So I'm honored to do that. But I have not ever got this call. And I believe Christian Chapel can be the first one to call my office with this phone call. Here's what I want it to go like. Pastor Chris calls me and says, hey, Wooten, I need you to get back here to Christian Chapel quick. I need you to, I need you to go as fast as you can, and I need you to get here, and I need you to tell these people to stop encouraging me. I am over-encouraged, and I don't know what to do with one more text or, or note or card or hug or whatever. How many believe Christian Chapel can be the first church in Oklahoma to ever have that call from a pastor? You believe it? Yeah, some of you are doubting. I believe it, okay? I believe you can do it. You all are so blessed, and we're, we're truly so honored to, uh, to be here. Uh, my family is here. I've got my youngest, my daughter, Emery, my son, Isaac, my oldest daughter, Lindsay, and and her husband on staff at a church in Oklahoma City. Uh, but I've, I've asked my wife to come and just share a little bit on what's on her heart. No matter what we're preaching, we share this. Uh, but because it's tied into your kingdom building and what we're talking about today, it just goes uh, hand in hand. Her name is Faith. Without Faith, it's, implease, it's impossible to please God. So I married her. Would you welcome Faith? Here she is. Well, good morning, Christian Chapel. It is so good to be here today. Well, I get the honor of telling you about an exciting ministry that we've just started, and it is the Compassion Care Ministry. And what that is, it is bringing the foster care system into churches. You guys are already there, but there's still more that you can do. You can either do this by fostering or adopting or supporting those who do. Now, some of your eyes are getting big because it's like, okay, maybe I'm not called to foster or adopt, but everybody's called to do something. So if you're called to foster, if God's pricking that in your heart, that just means temporarily opening your home to children that just need a place until their mom and dad get back to a place where they can take care of them properly. Maybe God's pricking your heart to adopt, and that is forever bringing a child into your home where they will be your child forever and such a part of your family. But if it's not one of those two things, I believe that he's calling somebody to do something and they're providing a great opportunity with the Royal Kids Camp. If you guys can just sign up in the back, God will just bless you. Maybe you can't go, but maybe you can send money. Maybe you can send um, a prayer across the way that week. Maybe you can even fast that week. I don't know. God just put that on my heart. Maybe God's calling somebody to fast that week for the kids and the families that are there. So I just want to encourage you that if God's pricking your heart, please see Pastor Chris and Angie. Sign up in the back or come see us. We'd love to help you with that. Thank you. So good. And your church role models this. And Eddie and Don, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. 25 years of leading royal family. That is a gift, uh, an amazing gift. And if you could sign up, be a part of this, uh, give. Uh, listen, the camp is going to be more expensive than it's ever been before just because of the price of eggs, right? So... <laughs> So you need to give more than ever before. And so if you'd make a financial gift, uh, it'd, it'd really help. But across Oklahoma, across our network, we're believing that right now there's, there's over 9,000 students in our foster care program in Oklahoma. There's 461, I believe today, that numbers change every week, 461 students waiting for a placement right now. They need some place to go. We have 400 and, and almost 70 churches in Oklahoma. If just one family in every church would just open up their home, we could solve 
solve this placement problem. And I believe the homes that are going to open up to kids are going to bring them to church, disciple them. They're going to be our future youth pastors and missionaries, right? And so I just encourage you just to just to pray about the possibility of this. I've told the director of Oklahoma DHS that we our network is going to solve this problem. I believe I'm prophesying. Please don't make me a false prophet, but just pray. We were at a little church uh, just uh, not a few months ago, small church, and Faith said, should I even talk about this? It was a tiny congregation. I said, well, sure, sure you should. So she got up and, and did her spill. And, and would you believe afterwards, two families in this very tiny congregation, uh, smaller than some of your home groups, uh, came and they had, uh, two families had fostered seven children and adopted all seven of them. And so they become, uh, like you guys, one of our flagship churches for this movement because I believe God has uh, put it in our heart to do something supernatural. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand? I want to read a verse to you, uh, and then we're going to uh, jump through this. Uh, this is fun because this is already in your heart. And um, again, the message is God is into adoption. Let me show you why. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. And this is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. Uh, it's a great story. I wish I had time to give you the background. I know you've studied it before. But look at verses 4 and 5. It says this Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. That's pretty good, isn't it? Pretty heavy. But look at the next verse. How does he do that? God decided in advance to adopt who? Into his own family by bringing to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great Isn't that amazing that adopting you gave God great pleasure? Listen, I know some of you. I don't know how much pleasure it would have been for any of the rest of us, but for God, it gave him great pleasure. God is into adoption, and he puts that spirit into our hearts. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this strategic moment where Christian Chapel is committing to building the kingdom through this Kingdom Builders initiative, and I pray that they would go through the top, Lord, of that half a million dollars to, to distribute, to build, to support missionaries, and to see students here in our community come to know Jesus. I thank you for this God-sized vision, and I pray, Lord, for people to wrap their spiritual arms around it and to begin to pray, and we're going to expect miracles. In Jesus' name we pray. If you believe it, say hallelujah. Uh, you may be seated. God is into adoption. Let me just give you three quick truths, and the first truth is because of God's love, God adopts us. God is into adoption. He adopts us. If you're a follower of Jesus, aren't you glad God adopted you? Wow. Man, Romans, Paul talks to the church of, of Rome and he says, God has not given us over to the spirit of fear. Man, the enemy comes. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear because perfect love casts out fear, right? And so if you need to get rid of fear, you get doused with love. If you get in the presence of God, you're going to be doused with the amazing, unbelievable, undeniable presence of God that overfloods us with love. And so God gives us this spirit of not fear, but he gives us a spirit of adoption, which is what? The spirit of love. When you bring someone into your family, when you invite them over to dinner, when you go up to someone that maybe you haven't met today and say, hey, let's go grab some lunch together, and you adopt them. I'm not talking just today about a signing of a legal document at a courthouse to bring a child into your family. Faith has already mentioned that. That is part of adoption. But I'm talking about the spirit of adoption where you can temporarily 
bring someone into your spiritual covering to foster them. Man, we got college. Aren't you glad for a church that has college students? Man, I love me some college students. And this generation gets beat up by all kinds of spiritual people. I've never been more excited about the church than when I get to hang out with this generation of college students. They are on fire for Jesus. They're unapologetically faithful to the things of Christ. And I get crazy when I get excited, when, I, when the excitement comes over me talking about them. But how many know college kids need families to adopt them? They need someone to adopt them to give them some laundry detergent. Just feel a word of knowledge coming over me. And some of you could adopt a college student just for a semester that's a part of your church and be a supernatural blessing to them. Would you believe a, a family that I stayed with, they adopted me for a summer and a ministry internship. I still, now decades later, go stay in their home. We were just there a few months ago, thousands of miles away from here, but they still invite me into their homes. In fact, I was communicating with them uh, even early this morning. It could be a lifelong relationship if you have that a spirit of adoption that is inside of you. You see, the Bible is a story of adoption. There was an abuser, a tormentor, the evil one, who broke things and broke God's perfect creation. But God's redemptive story is he fosters a family, the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And his plan for this family is to foster them to bring the great hope and good news to the entire world. We see that all the way into the Pentateuch, especially in Deuteronomy. And we see that that culminates in the birth of Jesus. And Jesus brings us hope. Jesus redeems everything. Jesus walked this dusty earth because he loved you so much. He took your sin upon himself. He died on a cross instead of you. He didn't stop there. He rose again the third day. He got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He ascended to the Father. He did something no high priest did on duty. He sat down because your adoption was finished. I get excited about that. How about you? God is into adoption, and because of his amazing love, God adopts us. And because of God's love, his church adopts. Anybody part of his church? The church is the body of Christ. And because God gives us the spirit of adoption, we begin to adopt. Look at, at James chapter 1, verse 27. This is written by James. Most believe the half-brother of Jesus that wasn't even a believer until the resurrection. Uh, and he comes to know Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And he writes this, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for who? And in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Now, you've heard that verse before, if you've been in the faith for very long at all. Why would this be pure religion? Why would God focus on orphans and widows all the way from Old Testament to New Testament? It's because God is into adoption. He's into spiritual family. And because of circumstances, orphans don't have a family covering. Because of circumstances, widows don't have a covering. And God wants everybody to have a family. And so he says, if you want to be pure in your faith, and at the end, not to allow the world to corrupt you, 
Why is that tied together? Because the world is so filled with selfishness and everything's got to be about me and my desires and lust and greed. But when we focus on the least, the last, and the lost, suddenly our spirit gets turned into the focus in the lane that God has anointed us to flow in. And if you've ever been a part of royal family, if you've ever been a part of foster care, if you've ever reached out to the least and last, you already know Jesus is there. I can tell you why Eddie and Don keep going back. They see lives transformed, but every summer, Jesus shows up at Royal Family Camp. I'll guarantee it, you'll find the presence of God there. In fact, the first time Faith and I did something like Royal Family with abused and foster children, I just wept the entire time. In fact, my daughter, my oldest daughter, became a DHS agent because she has developed, it's my fault, I took her on one too many inner city missions trip, Pastor Chris, and, and so she got this heart, and she became a, uh, she went to ORU and, and developed this heart and interned and then became a DHS worker, and she began to tell me stories about where the agency would send my young daughter into dangerous places, and she would begin to tell me how DHS workers were uh, even alienated from the church because they had seen the church preach this verse, but not embrace this verse, right? And then we begin to talk about ways that we can engage the church into foster and widow care and orphan care and compassion ministries. And so the church that I pastored, uh, we we just kind of stumbled into this. We didn't have some great strategy meeting, uh, but through the years, it's part of my story and it's part of our family story. And so uh, people just started catching on. And, and so our church became known in our community as the church that uh, was all about foster and adoption and supporting those who do that. Not everybody's called to do that. I believe everybody's called to support those who do it. That's what the verse is, Romans, or I'm sorry, James 1, 27. So we began to do that. And, and you're connected with uh, Care Portal. And Care Portal is just a on-ramp in to helping foster care so we keep biological families together if we can. So DHS can't let a, a kid stay with the family if they don't have a refrigerator or a working toilet or those kind of things, a mattress. And, and so it's really easy. So we connected with this, and DHS would say, hey, man, we've got a family without a refrigerator. And we put the word out. I could have bought five refrigerators in an hour because people's like, man, we want to help those kids and help those parents that are struggling. We bought mattresses. We bought food. We went to clean houses. We did all kinds of things. My daughter called me one day. And she said, Dad, not only are you helping kids and, and parents that are struggling together, but you're making a difference with DHS workers. And I know we have some here today because suddenly they're seeing the church not just preach this verse. They're seeing the church live this verse. And the hearts of agents are softening to the things of God and faith. Can you say praise the Lord? It's amazing when we catch the spirit of adoption that God gives us, the impact that it can have. Uh, Samantha was a little girl that grew up in Greene County, uh, in a very, very poor part of, of Missouri. Uh, a lot of you know and familiar. I've spent a lot of time in Greene County, and, and there's some deep pockets of poverty there. And she grew up in an abusive situation. Uh, the worst description of abuse to a child that you can imagine, uh, Samantha experienced. In fact, she had, she had no advocate. She had no way out. She, in fact, she says at the beginning, I don't even probably remember all of it, but as she, she got older, she remembers the abuse. There was no food. She was uh, physically abused, scars. Uh, in order to get drinking water, they would go to the back of the toilet tank, and that's the only running water that they, that they had in their home. Was, and to this day, they don't know who made the call to rescue she thinks it may be a guardian angel. And someone made the call, and there was an intervention. And uh, would you believe that the first thing she got to experience out of the intervention, out of this abusive situation, was a royal family camp. 
And she went to the camp, and like the testimonies in the video that you saw, someone actually called her by her name. <laughs> someone actually said, we love you. Someone actually gave her purpose. And through this amazing season of healing, someone with, that was at the camp, her counselor, uh, heard the story and the terrible abuse and said, hey, we'll foster her for a season. And then that turned into a longer season, and that turned into an adoption. And to this day, would you believe what Samantha's going to do as a grown person? She's going back to royal family camps and helping other kids, right? The spirit of adoption is just miraculous when you get this inside of you. Why would your pastor say, hey, take this card that's in every seat back and, and pray about what you would do about kingdom builders is because uh, you just sent Matt and Randy uh, thousands of miles from this church to tell people about Jesus Christ. You've been a mission-sending church for decades and decades and decades, and you've been a community-impacting congregation for so many years. You have an incredible reputation. When, when Pastor Chris and Angie aren't here when we're at meetings, guess what they're talking about? They're talking about you and all you do for the, the glory of God. I love to hear excited pastors tell the stories of their congregation, and I encourage you to take that card because when you get that spirit of adoption, we're going to adopt a mission we're going to adopt this widow. We're going to adopt this kid. There's no telling what God can do. Are you with me? Let me just wrap this up. Because of God's love, God adopts. Because of God's love, his church adopts. And because of God's love, we adopt. And our church began to spread, and, and somebody came to me along the journey several years into pastoring, and they said, you know what? This has become one of our core values, fostering, adopting, and supporting those who do. We just need to put it in print. And so we did. We made it a part of our uh, stated core values. We made it part of our membership program. So anytime people, new people, came through our growth track and our, our welcome new people party, uh, they would get the material. And we would say, to be a member of this church, you have three options. One, you can foster, and their eyes would get big. What's number two, Pastor? Number two, you can adopt, their eyes would get even bigger. What's number three, Pastor? Or you can just support those who do. And we did a hundred different things. We hosted an amusement park in the summer. We did a DHS Christmas party. We did a lot of the things like adopt a school like you guys do. And we just gave people a way to on-ramp. The best on-ramp for you today for Kingdom Builders is to go back to that table and sign up to be a part of Royal Family. If you can't go, you can give. If you can't be there, you can pray. But I believe this entire congregation is going to have a spiritual covering over that camp this year, right? Why do we keep doing it? Because there's more kids. There's more kids that need hope. There's more kids that need a touch from Jesus Christ. So we stopped counting at 300 kids that have been fostered or adopted um, through family members of our church. And uh, when they get to that part, okay, we can maybe foster or support. We can support those who do. Uh, we can even pray for these families that are supporting. Now, listen, can I tell you, some people went through our welcome class, and they saw what we were doing, and they left. And we were so thankful. And so we would just keep... We would just keep moving with what God was, uh, Lord forgive me, what God was doing. And because the spirit of adoption is just amazing, isn't it? It's that spirit of adoption that God gives us. Our next door neighbors, we lived in a little cul-de-sac, and our next door neighbors became friends, just, you know, Heidi Ho neighbor, those conversations over the fence. And they didn't have a church, so they started coming to our church, and they went through the whole thing that we're just talking about. And so they decided, hey, we're going to start fostering. And so all of a sudden, in my next door neighbor's yard, there's these foster kids, and I'd go out the front door, and one little gal, every, every day I walked out, Pastor D, Pastor D, and she'd come run, and she'd jump into my arms, and uh, I miss her. In fact, right now they're going through through the adoption uh, process of these uh, amazing girls. And, and it was just a beautiful thing to see. And uh, through that journey, uh, we were able to 
uh, go to the courthouse and celebrate all the adoptions that happened in, in the families of our church. I'd take the whole staff. Because you understand that there's a direct pipeline from what we're talking about, orphan care, to the penitentiary, to homelessness. Do you realize that? If, if, a fa- if a child has been placed in more than five homes without someone making a permanent home for them, they have a 90% chance of being incarcerated in the first five years of being aged out of the system. I mean, we're talking about you want to change the prison situation, you want to change the homeless situation, here's our opportunity to do it. I'm believing these kids that come out of your royal camp are going to be our future pastors and missionaries and leaders. I, I honestly believe that. And so there's a direct correlation. And so we would bring everyone to the courthouse, and we would celebrate, and we would party. And one of the judges that um, is there in Washington County, he became a friend, but he really got me because we'd have a big crowd in the courthouse, and I'd sit in the back and take some pictures and highlight this. And here's what he would say. He would say to the child that was getting ready to be adopted, their eyes would always be uh, filled with excitement, a little filled with apprehension because they're in a big courthouse, you know. So their eyes would be really big, and he'd, he'd call them by name. Aren't you glad God calls us by name? He knows our name. The judge would call the child by name, and he would say, you know what I'm getting ready to do when I sign this document is I'm getting ready to remove everything behind you. All your past is gone. And I'm giving you a brand-new chapter that starts today. There's only good ahead. Anything that's happened that's been bad, and of course he was talking about abuse and neglect and all those things, all that is behind, and everything ahead of you is good. And I begin to cry, because that's what God did for me. How about you? And then he would say to them, he would finish, he would say, and I'm giving you a new name. Your name will never be this again. Your name from here on out will always be this, because this is your mom and this is your dad, and everybody in the room, including me, would just be tearful. Because isn't that amazing that God called you and me by name? He said, I'd like to adopt you into my family. I sent my son to take care of everything. So all your past mistakes and all the bad decisions that you've made, that's buried. It's as far from the east as from the west. It's in the sea of forgetfulness. Aren't you glad that God came up with a sea of forgetfulness? It's all gone, and I'm giving you grace and mercy and new chapters. There will be challenges, but I'll walk you through them as Abba Father. You can cry out to me, and I will help you through that trajectory. And I'm giving you a brand new name. The name of Jesus is above my heart. How about yours? I just ask you, would you let the spirit of adoption just permeate your entire being? Perhaps you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Perhaps you're watching live stream and you need to make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior. You want to be adopted into God's family. It's the best thing that you can ever do. Uh, let Let me tell you maybe why the courthouse got to me. Because when I was really, really young, I had a different last name. Nobody in this room will ever know what that name was because it doesn't matter because I was adopted. and I got the name Wooten when I was really young. And so whatever my name was before has zero bearing because now I'm a rootin' tootin' Wooten, right? I'm so thankful for a dad who was willing to adopt me that I was able to have a a second chance and a new chance because of circumstances uh, that were unfortunate because life is not always fair. But our Heavenly Father is always faithful. I'm going to ask you, would you just stand up all over this place? And if you would just close your eyes and bow your heads and just feel the Spirit leading us into this moment of adoption. If you're here and you're, you're not right with the Lord, I want you to know that the Heavenly Father loves you.
He loves you so much, he wants to adopt you. In fact, we read, remember our first verse? It brings him great pleasure. Before the beginning of creation, he looked through the chapters of history and saw you and saw this moment and said, I want to adopt them. Oftentimes in life, because of our mistakes and even things that have happened to us that are not fair, we do not feel worthy, and we're not. But Jesus comes, and he gives us identity in him, and he says, I love you. I want to make you a new creature. If that's you and you're not right with God, I just ask you to to just pray this prayer with me, and would you just repeat this prayer? And church, those that are followers of Jesus, affirming those that perhaps are praying this for the first time, would you just pray this prayer with me? Just say these words, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you come into my heart Would you adopt me and help me follow you all my days? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. If you've been adopted into God's family, if you're saved and following Jesus, heaven rejoices when you came into the fold. Why don't we just give the Lord a shout of praise for his adoptive spirit that comes over us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you would just stay standing, what I'd like to do is pray for your leaders and your shepherds. I'm going to ask pastors Chris and Angie if they would join. I'm going to ask their kids if they would join. We love their kids. If they would join us here on the platform as well. And I'm going to ask any deacons or elders or staff, uh, leaders, uh, even home group leaders. If you're, a, if you're a leader of a ministry, would you join me here up on the platform? And I want you to know that when a pastor steps out in faith, and as a part of life-transforming ministry like royal family, but also all the things that kingdom builders are a part of. You heard that, all the missionaries. The sun never sets on missionaries supported by Christian chapel. Think about that. That's amazing. And when you have a vision and a passion like that, the enemy is always going to come to bring discouragement and distraction. That's why I ask you to pray for your pastor. That's why I've asked you to encourage your pastor. One of the best ways you can encourage your pastor is just to show up every week, right? Show up. Well, I don't need that message series. That's probably not true, but we need you here. You have significant gifts, and when you're here, the body of Christ operates in a more effective way. So would you stretch forth your hands, and can we pray a prayer blessing over this gift, the family of the Dows that have been brought here for such a time as this. Heavenly Father, I thank you for a pastor, a shepherd who accepted your call. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for a handmaiden of the Lord, that they they are one as a team, that these are pastors, these are shepherds together. Chris and Angie is one, and they're precious three kids, Lord. I thank you, God, for uh, an front row seat that Faith and I have had from uh, training at, at, at college and at seminary. We've watched the Dows and their faithfulness, their integrity, their humility is bar none. Lord, I thank you, God, for giving them the heart of a shepherd. And Lord, we know the intercession and the and the moments and the and the pleading, Lord, and, and the spirit for this community. And I pray, God, that this would be the most amazing uh, season yet. Lord, even as uh, Connor's senior year, God, that this would be a season of grace with transition and college and all the great things that are ahead. But you would put a protective covering over their marriage, God, that you would put a shield around them, Lord, around their family. And God, I pray that they would sense your provision and God, your anointing like never before. I pray words would fall from heaven into his heart for this people easier than ever before. It'll be like a pipeline. Lord, it'll be a high-speed connection that just drops in his heart. Give them a discerning spirit. Give them words of wisdom, God. And I 
thank you, Lord, that although great chapters have been written about Christian chapel, the greatest has yet to be written. The greatest chapter is happening right now. And I felt in my spirit earlier today that Chris and Angie's eyes, they haven't seen, their ears haven't heard, it hasn't even entered their hearts, and all the dreams that have been there, it hasn't yet entered their hearts, the amazing things God, our Heavenly Father, Abba, has already put in motion for such a time as this. Lord, we believe you to let people come to know Jesus every week. Lord, for kingdom builders, Lord, to go through the roof to bless others. And Lord, we pray for a mighty move of God in this season, an outpouring of your Holy Spirit where signs and wonders follow the word. We've given you praise of this miracle of healing. Lord, may this be a wave that begins to just flourish and come. And I thank you, Lord, for these chosen servants anointed for such a time as this. We give you the praise, God. We dedicate them to you in your service, Lord, as they dedicated themselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we give the Lord one more shout of praise? Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christian Chapel. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com.